Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates' national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Attentional grounding, offense number seven. It's a 10 yard penalty. I'm talking to America here. It's a 10 yard penalty and a loss of down. Second down. I'm talking to America here. You know, that's not on the same level, Shereen Williams, as he's given him the business down there, 1986. Gentle Ben Dreith, but it's pretty good. It's nice to see every once in a while these officials who basically move and behave and speak like robots will give you a nice little human moment. We'll give you a couple hours, hopefully, of some human moments, nicer otherwise, here on PFT Live. Shereen Williams is back. It's been a while. Howdy, as they say. In your neck of the woods. (laughs) Well, I almost wore my name tag, Mike, so you'd remember who I was. It's been so long since I've been on (laughs) on here. But, hey, I love coming on when we have Sky Sports on here. That's right. We've got Sky. We've got Peacock. We've got Sirius XM 85. I have to stop and think of where the show is uh, is available. Podcast, wherever you get your podcast, and also the clips that proliferate throughout ProFootballTalk.com and YouTube. I'm still trying, folks, to get the whole show on YouTube. I have learned that the squeaky wheel approach works. I have witnessed Chris Sims utilize the loudly squeaking wheel to get (laughs) changes implemented, like better TVs in the viewing room. That was his crusade for a couple of years, and it worked. We squeaked the wheel a week or so ago about having a better studio on Mondays when Chris and I do the show, and it worked. Now we have to squeak the wheel about better audio in the studio on Mondays in the bigger studio. That will work as well. So (laughs) I don't know what we're squeaking the wheel about now, but we're squeaking the wheel about something. I've completely lost my train of thought, and I probably will for the next two hours. So, so, oh, it's about getting this full show on YouTube. See, I knew I'd remember it if I talked enough. Um, I'm, I'm extra discombobulated today because when I came up the steps to the studio... I saw my computer bag on the steps, and it's like, who put my computer in a bag and brought it down here? Because Wednesday, my computer is going to be in position because I'm back from the weekend. 
why did somebody bring my and I'm like, what? In the, oh, well, yesterday we had a technical issue and I did the show from my office. So the computer bag never made its way up. So it just was one of those like, what's going on? And I remember what I went through on Monday and you, you experienced it in real time. I was having breakfast <laughs> at LaGuardia Airport and I my flight was at 12. Takes about an hour to get from the NBC Sports production facility in Stamford, Connecticut, to LaGuardia by car. So I go and go a quick zip through security. People only ever mention TSA when it takes like ridiculously long. Most of the time, especially LaGuardia on a Monday morning, zip right through TSA pre-check. And it's like, you know, I got I got an hour and 45 minutes before my plane takes off. I haven't eaten anything since last night at like 8.30. I'm hungry. I'm going to go have a nice little breakfast. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up the computer. Shireen was at the Cowboys-Jets game on Sunday. She attended the post-game gaggle with owner Jerry Jones. Typed the whole damn thing up. And any time that you're typing up something with Jerry Jones, that is an assignment oh, yeah. in and of itself. So I, I had the quotes I was getting ready to use. I was going to do the story about his comments on the Jim Trotter lawsuit, some important issues there and jerry talking and talking and talking as he tends to do not that i can relate to that so here comes my breakfast and this beautiful plate of glistening bacon and i was so hungry and i was trying to get everything situated because i wanted to still work while i ate and as i reached my hand over i had a glass of water they had given me and i hit the glass of water and it just went all over the keyboard and it was water that was shireen's <laughs> moment and i and it took me about 10 seconds to understand what your point was because that's not your way you'll swoop in from time to time <laughs> so anyway i spill my water more on that in a second i spill my water all over all over the keyboard of my brand new laptop i got the brand new laptop just outfitted with the official pft sticker by the way so that we're not given any free advertising to the manufacturer of this fine machine, which is a very fine machine. It is a huge upgrade over the one I had. The keyboard is awesome. I feel like I can move even faster. I can think faster. I'm more productive. It's like carrying around a desktop machine. This thing's great. It wasn't cheap, but it's great. And I spilled water all over the damn keyboard. So I grab all these napkins and I clean it up. And, I, I, and it, it's this another endorsement for this fine machine that we've covered up the logo on. So... Uh, we're not giving any free advertising. Go get one. <laughs> Go get one. I'm amazed. I wouldn't suggest pouring water on the keyboard and testing out whether or not it still works, but it still works fine. I'm amazed. I'm amazed. It took a whole glass of water right on the keyboard, and I soaked it up, and it works. So thank you, manufacturer who will not be named unless and until you have an advertising deal on this show. And that's when, as I was going through my panic, because I was going to spend the whole day. Okay, here's how this went. I had time at the airport, fly back to Pittsburgh. I was going to sit in the terminal for three hours waiting for my family to pick me up for the Brown Steelers game. What was I going to do for the three hours? I was going to crank out stories on PFT, thinking if something's wrong, like my whole day is completely shot now. So anyway, as I'm going through that and processing it, and I let the PFT writing crew of which Shireen is a member. It has been for, what, six years now and still hasn't stormed out, <laughs> amazingly. Um, <laughs> as I let them know that I spilled water on my keyboard, she just responds with the word water 
in quotation marks. And I was like, what, what's she getting? Like, what does that mean? Like, oh, she thinks I'm drinking <laughs> at 10 in the morning. <laughs> and so... And so then we had a conversation about the propriety of having alcohol before you get on a flight, because apparently Miles Simmons will start sucking him down at four in the morning if he's flying cross country back to Cleveland. For me, I still wait until officially five o'clock where I am, not five o'clock somewhere, five o'clock where I am. So it was water. Thank God it was water and not coffee or wine or liquor or (laughs) Coke. I don't think that would have had the same effect as the water did on the keyboard. So good morning. That's my story. That's why I'm discombobulated this morning. That's my excuse for sucking. At least I have one for a change. Good morning. So do you have water there now or something else? I have water. I have water. Okay. Or maybe maybe it. it's the old maybe it's the old oh and oh oh we need to cover that up. We don't want to give any free endorsements to uh to uh the manufacturer of the water or the computer. So anyway, um uh, the manufacturer of the water is God, though, right? What a scam this is. What, I mean, really, and this has been going on. There goes any chance that we have of getting a sponsorship deal with a water company. But think about that. It's water. It's everywhere. They put it in a bottle and sell it. And we buy it. And it's free everywhere. Water is everywhere. You turn on your faucet. There comes yeah. water in most American cities. Uh, unfortunately, it is, and it is a shame that the infrastructure in some cities has gotten to the point where you do have to resort to the bottled version of what otherwise is free and everywhere. So, so anyway, we're here for. Man, I've t- I've talked a lot the first eight minutes of the program. I'm sorry. Go ahead, say something. Say whatever's on your mind. Well, I was going to say the the amazing thing. I told this story the other day in Italy when I went to li- Italy for the Olympics. Found wine free, but you paid for water. I didn't understand that, but. Drink more wine, I guess. I didn't know they had free wine in Italy. We've been trying to plan a trip there for a while. This whole passport process actually requires, you know, effort and thought, and it's not good when you have no attention span to fill out these long forms. If the wine's free, maybe I'll focus a little bit harder on getting the passport so we can go to Italy. All right. No wine this morning, at least not until the show ends at 9 a.m. Eastern or until really dinner time. I, 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 like I... I don't hide the fact that I enjoy a drink or two once a long day is over, but I don't start the process until the long day is over. I am not yet at the point where, you know, the although I I will admit that I have posted some stories at night after I've had a couple glasses of wine. And some would say those stories are actually better than the ones that uh, I ordinarily would write. Okay, here we go. The Browns fans on Monday night, consuming copious amounts of wine and whiskey and any other available alcoholic beverages after the devastating knee injury suffered by running back Nick Chubb on Tuesday, coach Kevin Stefanski addressing reporters on what the plan is for adding help at the position in the aftermath of the season ending knee injury suffered by one of the best running backs in football. Here's coach Stefanski. Andrew and, and, and the personnel department's working through options. Uh, you don't, as you know, uh, you don't replace Nick Chubb. Uh, that, that's, uh, that's, you just don't do that. Great players in the league. You look around, they go out. It's always not one person that replaces a player of his caliber. So everybody's got to do a little bit more, got to do uh, a little bit more everywhere. Um, but we'll look at uh, options there in terms of uh, who we bring in. 
What they did on Tuesday was they brought in Kareem Hunt. Now, it was widely reported as a visit by Kareem Hunt to the Cleveland Browns. The NFL posts every day its official transactions. There's a tryout report that is a little harder to get. They don't make it freely available. You have to know people. And if you know one person who has access to the thing within the broader NFL structure, you can get it whenever you want it. I have someone who sends it to me. Sometimes it's a day or two late. Sometimes I get it the same day. Happened to get yesterday's on Tuesday for a change. And there's a long list of tryouts on Tuesday. That's typically the day of the week that players are off. So, hey, if you're thinking about hiring somebody who would replace a guy who currently has a job, makes sense to bring him in when that guy's home. Like, the players are off. Let's bring in some other players, one of whom or more we might sign to supplant the guys currently on the team. Don't want any awkward moments in the hallway of the potential new guys running into somebody who may get fired. So there were a lot of guys yesterday, as there usually are Tuesdays. But the Browns had Kareem Hunt on that report, Shireen, as a tryout, not a visit. And that's not some minor distinction. Visit implies we're good. We know what you can do. You were here for four years. The fact that they brought him in and put him through the paces, and obviously it doesn't say what all he did, but there is a fundamental difference between a tryout and a visit. They brought him in and put him on the field. They aren't ready to just start throwing money at this guy without seeing what he can do. And they haven't signed him yet, but they had him in right away for a tryout. Now, he's from Cleveland. It may have been a quick trip, or maybe they lined it up immediately. GM Andrew Berry gets on the phone. After the injury, Kareem Hunt, get to Cleveland tomorrow. we got to see what you can do. But I thought it was significant that it wasn't just a visit. It was reported as a visit. Tryout is different. And, and it expresses a greater degree of skepticism on the part of the team about where the player currently is. And they just want to make sure he's ready to go if they go ahead and do this, Shereen. Yeah, and, and Mike, if you go back to the start of free agency, there was that report out of Cleveland that they had no interest in re-signing Kareem Hunt because they felt like that he had lost his speed. And based on what he did last year, it's hard to argue that he hasn't done that. He averaged a career low 3.8 yards per carry, 6.0 yards per catch. He had a long of 24. So he didn't look like the same guy that led the league in rushing in 2017. And as we all know, Running backs lose it very quickly. He was 27 when free agency started. He just turned 28. So he's not going to get that speed back. If they felt like he lost his speed in March or April or last season or whenever that was, he's not going to get any faster. But I'm sure the tryout was to see what kind of shape he was in. Can he help us? Of course, he's probably their best option simply because he knows the offense. He knows the coaching staff. He knows most of the players who are there. So that's very helpful to just step in and, and go. He could probably sign today and be ready to, to play at least a few snaps, be on a pitch count on Sunday. And, and they need a running back, and they need a running back quickly because the, besides Jerome Ford, who's going to be the every down back, the only other guy on their 53-player roster right now at that position is Pierre Strong. So they got to get somebody in there very quickly and up to speed. Strong had a short yardage touchdown on Monday night, but the bulk of the statistics went to Jerome Ford, and Stefanski said Ford is the guy for now. And look, look, that's if they're thinking about adding someone, 
part of the leverage to get the best possible deal, whether it's a trade with the Rams for Cam Akers, who is yet again in the doghouse. This is an annual thing with the Rams now. Doghouse, not playing, try to trade him. And last year, the story ended with can't trade him, bring him back. Hey, we like him again. And now we're back in the whatever the reason, whoever's at fault, Cam Akers and the Rams are not on the same page and he's available. But the question is, what do you give up for Cam Akers? This is the other side of the coin for the Browns. Because we were talking yesterday, Chris and I, about the possibility of them making a phone call to the Colts and pursuing Jonathan Taylor. The Browns are very committed to analytics. And if you're very committed to analytics, you're not giving up significant trade assets for a running back. You're not giving up significant money for a running back. You are going to go next man up. You are going to go, let's see who's out there. You are going to go the cost of any guy we can find on the street, dollar for dollar, means more, makes more sense, is smarter from an analytics standpoint than giving up too much because the difference from good to great isn't worth what you're going to sacrifice to get that player. So I think Jonathan Taylor, it's not going to happen. Cam Akers, maybe, but it's got to be on the Browns' terms. Kareem Hunt, and maybe putting him through the tryout, Shereen, is a way to get him to humble a little bit his demands. One of the reasons he's available is he wants too much money. He was hopscotching all over the place right about the time training camp got going. Remember, he was with New Orleans and was going to sign with New Orleans, but then supposedly got a phone call, major twist, going to India, and he's going to sign there because they offered more money right there on the spot. Hey, hold the phone. Don't go try out for the Saints. Got more money for you in India, and then never signs with India. And then visits the Vikings, never signs with the Vikings. I think maybe guy who was the NFL's leading rusher as a rookie in 2017 had an off-field issue that washed him out of Kansas City, landed in Cleveland the next year. It may just be one of those situations where he needs a dose of reality before he accepts what he can get. And, and hey, there may be a, a floor – on what he'll take. I think for plenty of running backs, especially when it's a physically demanding position like that, that can get your knee completely wrecked in the snap of a finger. There may be a, an amount where he just says, I'm not doing it for that. I'm just not, I'm putting, I'll put my body through the risk and the pounding for that. I need more to put myself through that. Whatever the reason he hasn't, accepted any offers and that's the big reason he's available for the Browns but we'll see today tomorrow if it's going to happen it's got to happen like you said they got two guys they got to make a move they got to do something whether it's sign hunt trade for acres or just pick up the phone and call somebody else Kareem uh, uh, Leonard Fournette's available or or just some some running back that you only heard of if you were a fan of his college team one of those guys who's floating around just bring him in and put him at number three on the depth chart. Have him do special teams. But let's go. We need we need somebody soon because the next game is coming. Well, here's the problem for the Browns, Mike. They're one of the few teams in the league that had a workhorse running back. Most go running back by committee. And this totally changes their offense. There just aren't that many running backs who are as important to their offense as – as Nick Chubb was in 2022, he had 56, almost 57% of their carries, 61% of their rushing yards. He was involved in 29% of their total plays. He accounted for almost 30% of their total yards, 30% of their total yards 
that's an incredible number for a running back. So this is going to put more on Deshaun, and they're going to have a running back by committee. And the problem, as you said, with Jonathan Taylor, not only analytics, but to me, you only go trade for a running back because Jonathan Taylor fits their offense perfectly. He's what we're talking about. He can be that workhorse. But you only go trade for a running back and pay a running back if you think he's the one person that can put you over the top. In two games with Nick Chubb, this looks nothing like a playoff team. Forget a Super Bowl team. This looks nothing like a playoff team. So you're certainly not going to go get a Jonathan Taylor and give up the compensation and the money it's going to take to get him because if you're going to make that trade, you're not making it for just one year. You're going to sign him, obviously, for longer. And you got Nick Chubb, by the way, coming back. So none of that hopefully coming back. None of that makes sense. But if I'm the Browns and I've now got a running back by committee, I'm going to bring in Kareem Hunt if I think he can play even just a little bit. And I'm probably going to go trade for somebody, a Cam Akers. I would make a phone call to the 49ers. If they're not going to use Elijah Mitchell, I don't think they're going to trade him. But if they're not going to use him, he got zero snaps on Sunday. I'm at least going to pick up the phone and say, hey, would you have any interest in trading Elijah Mitchell to us? But somebody like that, maybe even a third or fourth string running back with another team. But to me, they've got to get more running backs in there because this has got to be a running back by committee now. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And you make a great point about Chubb's workload, and his importance to the team goes beyond that. He's the heart and soul of that team. Absolutely. One of the reasons they've defied their approach to analytics when it comes to Chubb, they pay him eight figures per year because he transcends his position. He is the leader of the offense. He is the guy that stabilizes everything, especially with all the stuff Deshaun Watson has gone through. And maybe that's one of the reasons this team isn't looking like a playoff team because Deshaun Watson isn't looking like the guy that he was with the Texans. And it's still early but we're creeping toward the point where we go up or down on whether or not this was a good trade for the Browns. And, you know, we, we don't have a long grace period anymore for making these assessments, whether it's a quarterback who was drafted, a quarterback who was signed in free agency, or a quarterback for whom a team trades. But it's starting to 
it's starting to just the eyeball test. Like this isn't the guy that used to run around and make things happen for the Texans. And maybe he could get it back, but maybe he won't. He was drafted the same year as Kareem Hunt and the legs maybe start to go. You don't play for a full year. Your life is in turmoil through every fault of your own. But yeah, it, it just could be that, that Watson and the guy and the, the Taylor angle, if you make that move, it is over with Nick Chubb. It's over. And it may be anyway, $11.775 million next year, coming off of that knee injury. He's going to have to take a hell of a lot less for the Browns to bring him back next year. He kind of knew what was coming when all the stuff was happening in training camp about running back pay. He said, you know, I'm good for this year, but I know this could be me next year that's facing one of these issues of a team just saying, sorry, sorry, we're not paying you anymore. We're going to cut you like the Vikings did with Dalvin Cook. So I feel like that's coming anyway. But if they would trade for Jonathan Taylor, on top of the fact that it defies the very heavy John D. Podesta analytics embrace that the Browns have been in the middle of for six years now, it's a very strong message to Nick Chubb. You ain't coming back next year if they would do that. And that's probably another reason why they won't do it. You're making a long-term commitment to a running back out of urgency, not out of any type of planning and strategy. And that's Dee Podesta's title, chief strategy officer. You don't implement a strategy in 24 hours that ties your hands for three or four years. You sure don't, Mike. And I want to go back to Deshaun Watson for a second because I have a question for you. This is a guy in his last year in Houston was 4-12. and 12. So since 2020, of course, he, he missed the one season because of the suspension, 11 games last season, uh, or not suspension the year before, but Texas made him inactive all, all year, 11 games last year, suspension. So he's 8-16 and 16 since 2020 as a quarterback. This is a quarterback who is very good, and, and I think we would all agree with that. Pro Bowl quarterback, really played well for the Texans for a couple years. All right, now he's lost it. So sort of like Russell Wilson, exactly where Russell Wilson is. He had it. He lost it. Can you think, because I can't, I racked my brain last night. Can you think of a quarterback who played really well in Russell Wilson's case, MVP candidate? I don't think we put Deshaun Watson quite in there, but Pro Bowl quarterback, good quarterback, loses it, doesn't play very well, year, two years, however long it is, whether it's sitting out or whether it's just not playing well and then comes back and plays at a really high level, I can't think of one. And that's why I think Denver and Cleveland are in big trouble. Kurt Warner had that donut hole where he fell off with the Rams, sure the Giants. went to the Giants, was 5-4 and four and got benched and was not happy about it. Eli Manning's rookie year in 2004. Kind of like, what's he going to do next? He was the backup with the Cardinals. Matt Leinert was the guy they used the top 10 pick on. Then Ken Wisenhut became the coach and started doing the Leinert's the starter, but once we fall behind by 7 to 10 points, we're going to put Kurt Warner in <laughs> to get things even again. And then when they get even again, we're going to put Leinert in, and then we fall behind again, and then Warner saves the bacon. And that's, they did that until Leinert suffered, I believe, a fractured collarbone in 2007. And then Warner, boom, next year's Super Bowl – and Hall of Fame credentials cemented. The other guy's Rich Gannon. And I thought Rich Gannon yeah. Rich Gannon didn't was it great, bad, great. Rich Gannon was, eh, was bad, great. 
So he, he didn't. He never had the first wave. It was just like very yeah. delayed discovery of high end ability. Like eight nine years into his career, maybe a few less than that. But we, he, he was out of football for a full year, yeah. and then he's the MVP in two thousand and two. It was late. He was like a late. 80s like he was with the Vikings and then they traded him and he was with Washington and then he disappeared and then John Gruden turns him to an MVP although it was the MVP after Gruden left but John Gruden got him on that right track so yeah and here's the other side of it Kurt Warner and Rich Gannon were were pocket passers Gannon had some mobility but when your game as a quarterback relies in fairly significant part on your ability to move either laterally or vertically. And you can just tell by watching, especially Watson. Now, last year, Russ was a little, he was a little thick in the cage, as they say. He, 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 he was a little too big, and maybe that sapped his mobility. But for Watson, that's a big part of the game. That's the modern franchise quarterback, the guy who has the ability to run away from pressure, extend plays, and... Make a throw, the Mahomes style, that's the platinum standard, obviously, or just run it. And that's what we used to see from Watson. And he was never a guy, Shireen, who who just like zoom right through the defense. But he always knew where the angles were, where the spaces were. He knew how to slip through cracks. And I think it made it more exciting because it always, it's like when Mahomes runs. Mahomes doesn't run by people, but he just kind of works his way through the maze and just keeps going. And it's like, how is this happening? Watson was closer to that. Watson a little faster, a little more zip in his in his run than Mahomes. But now I don't see that. What did we see on Monday night? He was getting, you know, he'd have pressure and he'd and he'd make his move and he couldn't hit the edge. He couldn't explode away from the front seven like he used to. And I think that's a big part of the concern. You take that out of his game, different guy altogether. Yeah, he, he doesn't seem to have his legs, and that's a great point uh, about him. He just, I don't know. He just doesn't look like the same guy from would have been 2019, 2018 that, that he is now. And I don't know, you know, a year off, but, you know, you came back and you played games last year, so is there still rust there that needs to get off? I, I don't know, but I do think the Browns have to be totally concerned about where Deshaun Watson is and – Wondering if they can win with him. I mean, that was a huge trade with what they gave up in compensation, uh, both to the Texans and to Deshaun Watson. And and here they sit, and they do not look anything like a playoff team. And you think when you have a quarterback, um, you look at the Rams. I don't think the Rams have a great roster, but guess what? Their quarterback came back, and he gives them a chance. They look like a much different team than they did at the end of last season, and it's simply because of the quarterback. And Deshaun Watson doesn't look like that guy to me anymore for whatever reason. I'm glad you said what they gave to the Texans before you mentioned the contract because what the Browns sacrificed to get Deshaun Watson is every bit as significant as the $46 million per year on a five-year deal, which frankly is looking like if we set aside the fully guaranteed nature of it, which could end up being something that ties the Browns' hands years into the future here. But $46 million per year, now that the market's at north of $55 million, that's not that bad. But 
first round pick in 2022, first round pick in 2023, first round pick in 2024, plus other stuff, that back end stuff where they do, hey, we'll send you a three and you send us a four and then you get a six and we get a five and all like the, the centerpiece of that trade is three first round picks. That's a lot to give up. That's a lot to give up. That guts your core of young players who grow and develop and lead and and are your heart and soul in time. That is as significant as the contract. You put them both together. It's a massive investment into Sean Watson. Massive investment. And, you know, Shireen, while we're here, how long can this last? If, if what we saw the final six games of last year, and if what we've seen so far this year is the new normal for Deshaun Watson, if he isn't able to access some ability to rewind the clock to 2020, he did have 4,800 passing yards for a 4-12 and Texas he team. He was spectacular, 33 touchdown passes against seven interceptions. It's amazing they only won four games. His, his quarterback's coach, his personal quarterback's coach, Quincy Avery, attributed to the fact that he was throwing passes to a bunch of guys who came from Walmart or something like that. He did have Brandon Cooks that year. Um, but, but I, I wonder how long this can go 40 and it basically set up as 46 million a year, 46 million a year, 46 million a year cash and cap you got this year. And this year, here's what happens this year. If he doesn't get it back this year, I'm sorry. I like coach Stefanski coach of the year his first season, but who's going to go between him and Deshaun Watson. If it doesn't work this year, Yeah, it's not going to be Watson. He's got three years left at $46 million a year, fully guaranteed. It's going to be coach. Got to get somebody who can get more out of Watson. Next year, when there's a new coach, if that happens, okay, it's Watson's fault if the new coach can't get him to play like he did back with the, the Texans. But you got two years left, fully guaranteed, and $46 million a year. What do you do? You just, you just hand the ball to Dorian Thompson-Robinson under his – rookie contract slotted and just say, oh, well, we'll just pretend we're paying him that money. That if, they, if this doesn't work, if this doesn't turn around for Watson, they have one hell of a mess in Cleveland, Shireen. Oh, 100%. And can you imagine if he's sitting on the bench making that kind of money and not playing? But that's where they are. That's what they did. That's what they gave up. And I guarantee you, a lot of people around the league are going to be laughing uh, if that happens to the Browns. But they, they got themselves into this mess looking for that franchise quarterback. They thought they had him. And here we go again. Cleveland's uncertain of who that franchise quarterback might be. One last thing about Watson. This isn't on the rundown, and I apologize for – this was one of those days where it was kind of light, though, and it's dangerous to tell me that because then I'll find other stuff on the fly, and then all of a sudden we're, we're under the gun to get, to get everything in for the day. But, 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 but Deshaun Watson had, I think, a very bad night between the ears on Monday night. Chris yeah. and I talked about this yesterday. He was very frustrated, whether it was, I'm not the guy that I used to be, or, you know, I've, I've spent so much time wondering what he's going to hear from the fans in the stands at road games after the off-field stuff. I hadn't really thought what he might be hearing from other players during games, the John Randall dynamic of trying to get inside your head. He was very frustrated, very pissed off, grabbing guys by the face mask and pulling them to the ground 
twice. Not just the accidental, oops, sorry, I didn't mean to grab your face mask. Grab it. I know I'm grabbing it. I'm throwing you to the ground by it. That was odd. That speaks to a level of frustration that we aren't used to seeing from Deshaun Watson. And then when he shoves the official out of his way, sideline scrum, official tries to push him away and shoves him out. And he shoves the official out of the way. Watch this aftermath of the play. The the official's trying to restore order, and he shoves him away. And the NFL issued some mealy-mouthed word salad yesterday to justify why he wasn't penalized and ejected for this. And I thought it was shameful. I don't know whether they're trying to keep their best quarterbacks on the field. We know that's part of the M.O. We don't get huge ratings if the best quarterbacks aren't playing. I don't know what's going on with this. But he's clearly frustrated, and he's lucky he didn't get ejected. And I thought as of yesterday... If they're doing the right thing at 345 Park Avenue after he engages in two flagrant, flagrant, look, grab and pull and rip twice and shove an official, I thought maybe he'd get suspended for a game. But that hasn't happened. If it was going to happen, it would have happened yesterday. So he's just got to – somebody's got to settle him down because that display of frustration and putting hands on an official, that can't continue. And I hope somebody from the league office made it clear to him you know, we'll give you a pass this time. We'll apply a different standard to franchise quarterbacks or quarterbacks who were franchise quarterbacks. But you do this again, it's not going to be quite as forgiving from our perspective. We'll still sit you down. He is not the first player from the Browns to have a run in with the Steelers and get frustrated. The other one was suspended. That would be Miles Garrett. Uh, And this one should have been ejected from that game, Mike. I agree with you. It it should be automatic once you make contact with an official. Whether it's intentional or not doesn't matter. Once you make contact with an official, it's an automatic ejection. And so he should have been tossed right at that point. Um, And and if he wasn't tossed, which he wasn't, then he should serve a one-game suspension. But it's obvious I agree with you. That's not going to happen. He's going to pay a fine, probably a pretty hefty fine, because there probably will be three different fines in there. There should be three different fines in there, two for the face mask penalties and one for making contact with an official. In the judgment of the officials, the contact did not rise to the level of a foul. That's the statement from the league sent yesterday. The officials are called upon to maintain order on the field, and sometimes while performing those duties, there is inadvertent contact between players and officials. I'm sorry, league office. I reject that. That does not mesh with what we saw. Please don't try to gaslight us, 345 Park Avenue. Show it again. This is not an effort to restore order in the middle of two guys fighting and somebody who swings his hand at an opponent accidentally grazes the official. This is an official physically pushing Deshaun Watson away from a fight. And in lieu of respecting what this official is doing, he shoves him out of the way. We've seen that result in an ejection multiple times. I was at the game and I saw it live with my own eyes, not on the screen. I saw it. It's like, he's done. And it's not just, well, you know, the officials are kids hectic and it's chaotic and sorry we didn't... We know there's the pipeline from 345 Park Avenue, and one of the benefits, one of the uses of the pipeline is to say so-and-so is disqualified. Send him to the showers. I'm really surprised. I'm really and, – and I can't help but wonder 
are they just trying to keep the best quarterbacks on the field? Because last year when they started throwing roughing the passer penalties willy-nilly, Troy Vincent got on ESPN's pregame show and said, hey, NFL games are the highest-rated shows on TV. And one of the reasons is quarterbacks are playing. If the quarterbacks aren't playing, the games aren't going to be the highest-rated anymore. Once you admit that you don't have a firewall between your business interests and the purity of the game, stuff like this can happen. And it's not tinfoil hat conspiracies for me to say, why didn't they eject the guy? Oh, he's a quarterback. Anybody else, Shireen? He's gone. Some of your tinfoil hats I don't agree with, but I completely agree with this, Mike. I think it was the (laughs) fact that it was the quarterback who made contact and they weren't going to take a quarterback out of the game. And so that's why he continued to play in that game uh, was because of the position that he played. If it's any other player, offensive lineman, running back, even a receiver, I think they're gone and I think they're gone in a split second. And he frankly should have been gone. It shouldn't matter what position you play. It shouldn't matter your intent. Once you make contact with an official, immediately throw that flag, you're gone. So whether it's the struggles of Deshaun Watson, which are probably a secondary factor in this dynamic, the Nick Chubb injury would be the primary component to result in a fairly dramatic shift in the betting habits of those who would have faith in the Cleveland Browns. Here are the odds, courtesy of DraftKings, both before and after Monday night's game. To win the Super Bowl, you see the difference there. 18 to 1, now 22 to 1. To win the AFC, 9 to 1 to 12 to 1. To win the AFC North, 2 to 1 to 3.3 to 1. This one, I mean, I'd love to see the odds before week one. I have a feeling the odds really swung Cleveland's way after they beat the hell out of the Bengals. I'm surprised they were a minus 230 proposition to make the playoffs in the AFC. That means you got to bet 230 bucks to win 100. And they're still in negative territory. Anytime you're in negative territory, you are regarded as a pretty safe bet, Shireen. Do you really look at the Browns, with or without Nick Chubb, and say, man, they're a safe bet to make the playoffs in a conference that has the Bills and the Dolphins and the Jets and the Chiefs and the Chargers and the Jaguars and the Titans, who play the Browns this weekend, by the way. That, that to me, is off that people have that much faith in the Browns to make it to the playoffs. And the Steelers, who just beat them on Monday night. Absolutely. I I don't think when we made our season predictions, I don't think any of us had the Browns making the playoffs. I know I didn't have the Browns making the playoffs. I had no faith that they had a roster and a quarterback capable of making the postseason. And I still don't see that. I didn't see that after they beat the Bengals in week one. I'm like, oh, that's an aberration. Joe Burrow has still has a calf injury, didn't participate in the training camp and the preseason, so he's still trying to get the rust off. That's what I attributed that week one win to. But I thought they looked like the Browns that I expected them to look like in, in week two. I just don't see this as a playoff team with or without Nick Chubb, to me, that didn't make any difference. Yep, I agree with you completely. And by the way, we did not put a PFT sticker over that DraftKings logo. There's a reason for that. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the app and use promo code PFT Live when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. See, that's, that's the kind of treatment you get when you 
when you when you when you pony up. You, you don't get your hand covered on your logo. You get you get you get love when you when you come to the table with a little something. So again, use that promo code PFT Live so we get a little something on the back end as well. Okay. Now, speaking of running backs, speaking of running back injuries, there's a game on Thursday night. There's a running back who's pretty good, who plays for the Giants, one of the two teams who will square off. Giants versus the 49ers. Brian Dayball, coach of the Giants and the reigning coach of the year, talking about Saquon Barkley's status for Thursday night. I thought he was out. Maybe he's in. Have a listen. I'm not saying that he's out yet. He's He's a quick healer. Um, I'm not saying he's in, he's out. We're going to take it all the way up with him uh, to, to Thursday. But he feels a lot better today. Um, I, just, I just talked to him. So we'll see, we'll see where we're at. Now, look, on one hand, there's no reason to tell the 49ers Saquon Barkley's not going to play. You're not required to do that until your final injury report. And the fact you're going to take it up to Thursday means implies, suggests that in the final injury report that is issued today on Wednesday, he's not going to be out. He's going to be doubtful or questionable. Doubtful rarely gets used. Although any guy that's listed as questionable and doesn't play probably should have been listed as doubtful because it happens all the time. Questionable, oh, doesn't play. Should have been doubtful, maybe. Regardless, it sounds like he's not going to be ruled out today. They're going to take it right up to 90 minutes before kickoff. And then he'll be on the inactive list if he's not going to play. The thing about ankles, and I was saying this yesterday, I've sprained an ankle before. And it hurt like hell. And it was swollen the next day. And I'm limping around. By the next day, it was fine. I mean, not not 100%, but it was a dramatic difference. So you, an ankle, depending upon where you injure that ligament, you know, the high ankle sprain like is the worst thing you can do to your ankle. Some would say it's even worse than breaking it. But a low ankle sprain, a truly low ankle sprain, and you're talking about a high-end professional athlete, fast healer, tape it up. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's not just gamesmanship from Brian Dayball. Maybe we do have a chance to see Saquon Barkley on Thursday night, Shireen. I think it is gamesmanship. There is no reason to tell the 49ers where you're going to do. He is expecting to miss one to three weeks. He's actually not a quick healer. He's actually a normal healer. Uh, ankle sprains, <laughs> low, low ankles, <laughs> low ankle sprains are usually three weeks. He missed three games in 2019 with a low ankle sprain on his right ankle. He missed four games in 2021 with a high ankle sprain. And Mike, when he came back in that next game, he averaged fewer than 50 yards. So even if he were to somehow miraculously find a way to get out there and play, I don't think he's going to help the, the Giants that much. They would be better served to sit him out this game. Frankly, they don't have much of a chance anyway. Sit him out this game and then give him the extra rest to try to come back in the next game. Um, I, I just don't know how effective he's going to be, even if he does play. And, and if it's not just gamesmanship, if it's, if it's close, if it's down to the wire and they decide he's just not ready – this is another reason why short week football entails yeah. potential potential diminution of the actual value of the game because a guy who would have been ready on Sunday isn't ready on Thursday. Could have been ready Sunday, isn't ready Thursday. That's never mentioned. All the NFL ever says is the injury rate's the same on Thursday night as it is on Sunday. That, that, that only tells a very small piece of the story. A guy who could have played Sunday – possibly, if not likely, 
can't play Thursday. Those three extra days make a huge difference when you're talking about recovering from an injury. But yeah, And there were mixed reports on how long he's going to be out, week to week, three weeks, whatever it may be. There's an urgency by him to play, Shireen. He's in that contract year, franchise tagged, and $800,000 in incentives that basically required a career year. You take one game away, it's going to be a lot harder to hit that 800000 and just kind of prove that you won the contractual face-off. It's not just about the money at that point. It's about saying, I came in, I ended my holdout, I accepted this incentive package, and I earned it. If at the end of the day he had this great incentive package, not great, 100000 I mean, there's you know guys that have multi-million dollar incentive packages, but still, this was the sweetener above my franchise tag salary, and I didn't earn a penny of it. I think that's, to the extent there were reports on Sunday that he was despondent in the locker room, he had bad demeanor, whatever, he knows. You're on a schedule. You're on a formula. you got to keep on a pace if you're going to earn those incentives. You take away one game, and that pace goes out the window. We're going to go out the window, but but just for a very brief amount of time. Steelers fans want to throw Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, out the window for good. Mike Tomlin responded to a very loud chant to fire Matt Canada from Monday night. We'll let you hear what Tomlin had to say when PFT Live continues right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.